Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So ladies and gentlemen, Tina Yeager is about to come on and just blow your minds. I swear, each of these guests today has just been rocking it, rocking the house, and we are just getting started. Legendary human beings on here, changing the world. It is epic, epic, epic. So before we continue, I just want to let you know, we're going to dive into an incredible conversation about self-image, really empowering yourself, especially if you're a woman or if you know a valuable conversation with you. So make sure you stay tuned because we are just getting started. Let's dive into some announcements specifically for you. You're a world-changing human being. I just want to keep reaffirming that and letting you know you are your greatest possible self right now because you choose to be, right? Yes, you do. And you choose to be becoming your greatest possible self, which means every moment you have the opportunity to grow even more and you're making the commitment to show up and do that. So I want to support you however I can. Number one, stay tuned in to become your greatest possible self. Keep tuning into this amazing show where we empower you, we uplift you, and this movement that we are all creating to help you become your greatest possible self. Number two, you're ready to get your message out, whether you believe it or not. And I want to support you in doing that. One way to do that is by coming on the 12-hour marathon as a guest to reach our audience and make an even bigger impact in the world. And I love supporting people in doing that. Number two is creating your own platform, your own podcast and launching that. And I love helping our clients launch their podcast and make a huge impact in the world. And a lot of guests who we've had on today have their own podcast. Tina has her own podcast. She's going to be sharing about that, I'm sure. So podcasting is such a powerful vehicle and a platform to be able to make a huge impact in the community and communities that are important to you. And I love giving away the keys to the kingdom so that you can have that power within you. So if you're ready to invest in that journey, if you want to explore more and see how that could happen, how that would unfold, would love to have a conversation with you about that. Or if there's anything else I can do to support you, let me know. I'm here for you. You can send me an email, chris at beyourgps.com. That's B-E-Y-O-U-R-G-P-S.com. Chris at beyourgps.com. Facebook.com forward slash TH3Burns. You can send me a message there or Instagram at I am millionaire Chris. Would love to hear from you, hear what you are up to, what you're creating, what's your mission. If you're at a place of clarity, of seeking what your next steps are, I love being a support for people like you. Okay? So send me a message and we'll continue the journey. Next up is the iTunes review of the week, and it's by Bulletproof Bowdy. And Bulletproof Bowdy says, Chris is contagious. The host has big energy, and it's inspiring. The way he shows up is impressive, and he has a great array of guests. Thanks so much, Bulletproof Bowdy. I appreciate you. And if you want to give us a review, if you want to stay tuned to the 12-hour marathon, you definitely do. You definitely want to get your daily dose of GPS. 
go subscribe on iTunes, hit that subscribe button, uh, search Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self, go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes. You can find it like that. Search Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and, and hit the subscribe so you can get all the latest updates. And I look forward to continuing the journey with you. Give us some feedback. Let us know with a review what you love most about the show and what you want to see even more of. And I'll do my best to deliver. I always love to deliver. It's a blast. So I'm going to introduce Tina in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because the information that every guest on here shares is life-changing. And specifically, this conversation with Tina is going to rock your socks. So make sure you stay tuned all the way through till the end because one idea has the power to transform everything for you. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So let's introduce her and then we'll rock it out on an interview. Who's excited? Type excited in the comments if you're excited. I'm excited. Miss Tina Yeager is an author, speaker, podcast host, licensed counselor, and life coach. She's won 30 30 writing awards. I didn't even know this. (laughs) I know she's been to lots of conferences, writing conferences, but 30 writing awards. She is passionate about guiding people across the threshold of healing to access life's potential and has over 20 years of teaching experience. Two of her writing workshops are available through Serious Writer Academy. Tina is the publisher of Inspirations Online, a writer's devotional, and mentors for chapters of World Weavers International, Word Weavers International. Beautiful Warrior, her upcoming book on women's esteem, is scheduled to release with New Hope Publishers in July of 2019. Her podcast, Flourish Ment, that's like flourish, you know, the little flourish, dash ment, M-E-A-N-T, equips listeners to soar with encouragement, inspiration, and practical tools for living their best. Sounds a lot like this show. I'm loving it. I'm vibing with that. For the latest on Beautiful Warrior or to connect with her as a speaker, coach, or manuscript therapist, visit tinayeager.com. That's T-I-N-A-Y-E-A-G-E-R.com. And we're blessed to have Tina with us today. Tina, are you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? I am. I'm motivated just from listening to you. Yes. So I'm good. I'm good. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Tina, I appreciate you being here. We're going to have a blast on this conversation. And uh, I know you got your own show, so you, you know what it's like to juggle a lot of things and, and get your message out in a big way. So I appreciate you making the time to share with our audience how we can grow ourselves into our GPS with you. Thank you. Well, I'm grateful to be here. Your energy is absolutely contagious. You're amazing. So Thank thanks you. for having me on. I appreciate Thank you. Thank that. Thank you, Tina. I appreciate it. And we're going to dive into a topic I'm sure you've come across a time or two, which is uh, authenticity. And especially the theme today is unapologetic authenticity. And I want to hear what that means for you and how that shows up for you in your life. Well, for me, authenticity relates to being who you were meant to be. Mm. You're not trying to be somebody else. You're not trying to compete with other people. You're not trying to be somebody you're not because you don't think you're good enough. Because every one of us was created to be a specific kind of beautiful. Mm. Every one of us. And it's not the same as someone else's beautiful. So your authentic you is something that's missing from the world if you're not being her or him. So that's what that means to me. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. I love it, Tina. So tell us a little bit more. I mentioned in your intro about who you are, what you stand for, what your clients come to you for. Why don't you share it in your own words as well? 
I love to encourage people. That's who I am. That's what I'm made of. I love encouraging others. I love inspiring others. Mm. I love helping people see that they are a masterpiece. That's one of my favorite things to do. And I love hearing people's dreams and being able to encourage people to fulfill those and optimize their lives. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. It's like when you hear people's dreams and hear that coming out of them and draw that out, that's like the most fulfilling stuff ever, right? It's like absolutely. to hold, hold that sacred space is just so beautiful. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And no one person is like another one person. We're all unique pieces of art. And we were all created to make the world beautiful in our own way. And we don't want any of that missing. We don't want it all to shine because that makes the world a great place to live. Amen. Amen. So Tina, this is gold. We're already having a blast dropping like, you know, some, some mindset wisdom about how to see the world, how to see life. And I want to go back into your journey and talk about how did you become a writer? How did you become a therapist, a podcast host? You're doing a ton in the world today. How did it all unfold for you? In a way, I think we all have those seeds planted in us before we were born. It was something that is just created within us and it begins to bloom and blossom as we're children. I used to always write and tell stories and play stories when I was a kid. I didn't realize I was going to become a writer until much, much later. And that dream didn't happen until after I'd already pursued other things like becoming a therapist. And strangely enough, story and therapy actually work together because we are the heroes of our own story. There's a story journey that we follow in life and becoming a writer of stories is part of the way that we tell through parable that hero's journey of people coming to success. So I write both fiction and nonfiction because all of it has to do with fulfilling your dreams and becoming who you were meant to be. So I love that so much. And I wasn't always secure in who I was either. So knowing what that's like to have really low self-esteem, I mean, abysmally low self-esteem and being able to reach out to other sisters and brothers that are in that place and help them come to that next point in the journey where they can say, ah, oh, I see there's hope. I see that I can become something that I always have been meant to be and just mm. wouldn't acknowledge. That's just an amazing and, and fun way to live your life. So I love it. So in terms of that, that low self-esteem, was there a specific phase that that happened? And how did you overcome that? Well, I was different, aren't we all, in childhood. And other kids didn't relate well to me. Um, I was the kid that was kind of off in my own little story world. Um, so the other kids were doing things that I didn't relate to and they didn't relate to me. And, mm -hmm. and so I just always felt like I was out on the outside looking in. I loved those kids. I thought they were wonderful, beautiful people, but I just felt like they didn't like me. I thought maybe it was because something was wrong with me. And I thought if I was thinner, if I starved, if I was, if it was in some way on the outside good enough, which never is good enough when you're trying to compare yourself to those appearance-based, performance-based standards, yeah. then um, that was just a, a life, a long eight years of eating disorder and, and feeling really awful about who I was until I finally came to this place where I realized I was called to encourage I was call, called to write and write encouraging stories and messages that started to come out of me. And the more I was doing what I was called to do, what I was really made to do, the more fulfilling my life became. So that's kind of been my journey and, and where I was at. It wasn't that I didn't have good parents. It was just not acknowledging who I was as being significant 
mm-hmm. and relatable and real and being who you are instead of trying to be like everyone else is where mm-hmm. you're most real and where you're most effective in the world. Yeah. What what was that calling for you? What was that experience like and how did you um, tap more into your authentic self because of that? At first, it was just this this whisper from God, you know, I called you to write. And that was when my oldest child was still just barely toddling on his feet. Mm. And I started writing children's stories. And then I put it aside because I didn't have time for that. I had children to raise. I had to do something practical. And that's okay because I learned through those experiences about relating to other children by being a paraprofessional and, and learning about teaching and learning about counseling. And I became aware of the fact that when I would listen to people, really listen to people, I had a gift of encouragement Mm -hmm. and people needed that. People aren't heard. People aren't listened to. And when we take the time to listen, you can see how much there is a need for that. So I recognized that in myself as I began to practice it. And then it's funny that that came back to me again. No, I, I actually called you to write, Tina. So I finally listened to that and started writing again. And I would find counseling information opportunities with people that I met at book signings. And then I would also find people who were interested in writing through therapeutic connections. So it kind of overlapped in really strange ways. So it all kind of comes together the way it's meant to. Wow, that's incredible. And I know um, you mentioned that these conferences, writing conferences, have been a a big part of your journey too. Can you share about what your experience was like, what the community, the difference that it made in your life? I actually had a bachelor's degree in creative writing before I went to a writer's conference. Mm -hmm. And then I found out I didn't learn anything I needed to know about writing from my bachelor's degree. I actually found out so much more about actually writing for publication Mm -hmm. while I was at writer's conferences. I cannot recommend them more highly, not just for learning about writing, but also for the connections. As Mm -hmm. artists, as creatives, we desperately need support from one another. Mm -hmm. And those connections become our best friends, even though we could be states and um, half the country apart from one another, we're still one another's best support. So that's an an important part. The community that you gain from being at writers conferences is priceless. I can't recommend that more highly. I love it. I love it. So um, at what point did you start focusing your work and your message on empowering women? I know you you empower all kinds of people. And uh, specifically, I know that, that empowering women is a, a big part of your heart, your message, your mission. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about how that evolved? Because I am a woman, I feel like women will relate to me best. So that was one of the reasons why I chose that. I also know that being able to tell my personal story was going to connect more with a women, you know, women's audiences and that sort of thing. And as a woman who suffered from low self-esteem and having seen so many female clients in my office as a licensed therapist who came with that same issue, I, they struggled with low self-esteem. They struggled with a sense of purpose and significance and worth mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Every client brought that as one of their issues. Mm-hmm. And I thought I need to be real in my story and share this story of, of my own coming to develop self-esteem and worth mm-hmm. and share some clinical insights in a way that I can't get to 
just the people in my office. There's only so many people you can see in a therapist's office. Even if I went out to speak all over the country and all over the world, there's only so many people that I can reach. But if I wrote a book, that's tremendously further that vehicle can can extend that message of empowerment and esteem and significance through faith and clinical insights and my personal story of hope. I knew that I needed to write that story, but that was the hardest story that I ever wrote. So I want to dive into this more because this this is your story of uh, really rebuilding your self-esteem and remembering who you are and you're supporting people in that. Uh, let's dive into that conversation. Tell us about what self-esteem is and, and how we can go about understanding where we're at with that, putting a foundation in place to really create better self-esteem. Well, first you need to know what self-esteem isn't. Self-esteem mm. is not your role. It is not what you do. It is not how much money you make. It's not what number appears on the scale in front of you in the bathroom. Mm. It's not what size you wear. It's not what's in your bank account. It's not how much art is on the wall in your house. Mm. It's not what your neighbors think of you. It's not what your community thinks of you. It's not what your teachers said about you or what your parents even may have said about you, good or bad, as a child. It is not whether or not you match the world's standard of beauty. Mm. That is not your self-esteem. Your esteem, your significance can only be told to you by the one who defined you before you were born. Hmm. Your creator tells you who your self-esteem is. It has to come from your spirit. You are a unique individual. And if you don't embrace the beauty of your essence as you were created to be, and that is your gifts, your talents, your life worth, just for being who you are, you have value. You're in this world, you're breathing, you have value. And you need to embrace that and own that and say, what am I going to do with that value? That's where your self-esteem comes from, is from knowing I have value and worth to offer. Mm. It's not just to hold and own and hold my head high. You have something of value to offer other people. And when you embrace who you are and what you're meant to do, then you can lift other people up. That's what true self-esteem is about. It's not just about loving yourself to love yourself. It's embracing your potential to love others and lift them up and encourage them because together we are stronger and we can help one another fulfill dreams. That's where the true power and the true life fulfillment comes from. Mm. Wow. So it's it's like how how we see ourselves. It's how we show up and contribute our gift to other people. It's about um, you know really uniting with other people to to create a greater purpose, a greater impact. Sounds like there's a lot of of different dimensions of self esteem. Absolutely, it's our significance, our worth, our value, mm-hmm. and it also has to do with making sure that it's not just about pride or diminishing our value. Some people say you're either too proud and you're conceited and you're arrogant. And sometimes people misuse the word narcissistic because we're focused on ourselves and we navel stare and we look mm-hmm. at it ourselves too much. Well, really, if you're, if you're secure in who you are, you don't have to do any of those things. Mm-hmm. A secure and strong person is able to be a blessing wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also love that word. That's not something I've said very often, but I've been looking for secure. Secure is the word. I've been looking for how do you say I'm proud and I'm confident and secure 
without like going into the territory of um the the word the negative definition of of narcissistic right like caring so much about oneself that you put other people down or you use people to get what you want or whatever else happens in that uh, realm you know and I think that the being secure being grounded being able to love yourself and and reflect that love and appreciation and gratitude and fulfillment and and noticing paying attention being aware of all the good things all the gifts all the the blessings just simply celebrating that stuff that is important that we can do that without fear of being shamed and judged and uh, you know feeling guilt because we appreciate ourselves Absolutely. Because perfect love casts out fear. So if you are in living in love and you're grounded in love and your security and your esteem is spirit anchored, you don't have to worry about comparing yourself to somebody else or putting somebody else down because true power, true spirit centered power and esteem does not come from someone else. You don't have to take it. You don't have to go get it. You don't have to put someone else down. In fact, if you're putting other people down, you're missing out on your power. Wow. You are, you're denying yourself greater power through collaboration. Wow. Collaboration brings us more power than competition every time. Wow. What do you say to someone who is feeling like so, so low, so disconnected, so um, having a low self-esteem that they're not willing to ask for for support. They're not willing to to ask for help and share what's going on with them uh, deep down inside. I would ask them to try to imagine someone that needs them, mm. because sometimes when we're in a low place, we can't do it for ourselves. Mm. And I remember that being one of my motivations to become my greatest possible self yeah. was being pregnant with my first child. I wanted to be better so I could be a good mom. But maybe it's not your children. Maybe it's just somebody out there who's feeling the way you feel now, who's going to need you to get on the other side of this to help them. Because your story and your message is going to really matter for that person who's also feeling where you are. And if you don't take the time to get somebody else who's just one step higher than you to give you a hand up, then somebody else is also going to get left behind because they need your hand up. So do it for love. That's what gives us courage. True courage. The word courage comes from the Latin root of core, which is heart. So true courage comes from the heart. And that means we are most brave when we love someone. We're willing to face our fear. So we're willing to pull ourselves past those dark places that we cannot pull ourselves out of otherwise when we care about somebody else. Incredible. Incredible. I love this. Um, you mentioned story and everyone has a story and it's like if you get over whatever the hand, the challenge, when, when someone gets over this challenge that they're dealing with, then they're able to serve people with their lesson, with their story. How important is it for people to quote unquote master their story and be able to wield that to make the biggest difference possible because we're podcasters, we're, we're writers, we're storytellers, we're, you know, um, we have our brand and build an online presence and deliver content. Does everybody need to have that or not? It does everybody need to have, but, um, is it wise for, for everyone to seek mastery over their story? Mastering your story doesn't always mean becoming a communicator as a professional. Mm. You might not be a podcaster. And that's okay. But what if your neighbor needs you to share your story with them? 
What if your cousin is in a low place and they need you to share that testimony of how you overcame being in a low place? You need to master it enough to be able to share it with someone else in a way that offers them hope. You don't have to get on stage necessarily, unless that's your calling. You might be called to be on stage. Be open to that if that's your calling. Don't be afraid of that. But if your calling is simply to be the barista at the cafe Mm. and you have an opportunity to share that story, that is not a small thing. Mm. That is a great thing because it's done with love and it changes people's lives. That is life-changing, it's transformational, and one person at a time, it changes the world. Yeah. It's so so interesting. I love this conversation because I I have a very uh, like obsessed focus on on people being influencers, people changing the world, people getting their message out. You know, so that's what my reticular activating system, my my you know what I what I want to see everywhere. And so it's almost like I have a bias that everyone should get get their message out through their words and that's not necessarily everyone's path or everyone's gift or their joy you know it's just it's really interesting to see what my filters are that I'm seeing the world through I'm really grateful for this conversation yeah. and that's okay because yeah. some people will some people need that nudge because yes. it's scary to get out there let me yeah. just tell you I, do you remember being scared getting out there oh uh, the yeah oh yeah <laughs> You're like revealing yourself. But again, if you're doing it because you love those people out there Mm -hmm. and you know they need this so much and somebody's going to need that message you've got. It doesn't matter if you're a podcaster. It doesn't matter if you're the pastor of the church. It doesn't matter if you're the usher at the church. Wherever you are is where you're meant to be if you are living according to the obedience that calling you're given. If you are where you're meant to be and you're not afraid of going to wherever you're called to be. I mean, if you're living in fear and you're backing down, that's a different thing. You know, you want to make sure that you you step past that threshold of fear because you don't want that to hold you back from living your best life. But if that's where you're meant to be, if you're the CEO, if you're the manager, if you're the janitor, you know, I've seen janitors who are life-changing people. And it is not a small thing to be a janitor if you're living it to your fullest and you're a life changer and everybody whose life you touch is changed. That is incredible. Wherever you're called to be, live it to the best possible you that you can. Amen. Amen, Tina. I love it. Uh, What have you learned about yourself in your book writing uh, process? You've you've written a lot. Uh, What have been some of the biggest shifts, ahas, uh, realizations that you've had over the years? It's harder than anybody thinks it's going to be. That's one Mm. of the things that I've learned. But it's also worth it if it's what you're meant to do. Yeah. You don't want to stop from doing something that's your calling just because it's hard because all the best things that we do are going to be hard. It's not worth doing unless it's challenging, right? Mm -hmm. If it's too easy, then we're in our comfort zone and we haven't, we haven't tested the limits of where we we can possibly go. We're not fulfilling our potential if we just hold back. So do what's hard, do that next difficult thing that you know you could do, or maybe that you aren't sure you could do. And you're going to need a lot of spiritual, supernatural help to do, but you know, it's your right thing. So do it anyway and do it afraid because we're going to be afraid when we first start. It's not going to be comfortable Mm -hmm. and get other people around you. Community is so important. Getting people who are going to pray for you and encourage you when it's discouraging is super important. 
it's not easy. It's not easy to be a communicator or an encourager. It's not easy to do any of the things that we're called to do, wherever it is that you're at and whatever your business is that you're trying to make flourish. It's tough, but it's worth doing. So podcasts like this that are encouraging, fill yourself with plenty of encouragement like this. I just want to encourage everybody to make sure you're drinking in daily doses of inspiration. We get enough discouraging information in the news and the media every day. We don't need to to overdose on that and not get enough nourishment in our lives of good words, of positive, uplifting thoughts and messages. That's very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, even me, I, I feel like I don't tune into the TV and the news and the media like at all anymore. You know, like I'm like, yeah, they're going to do what they're going to do. I'm just going to stay in my lane and keep empowering people. And I still have negative thoughts and tendencies and stories and stuff like that, that comes up and the shadow that I really get to, to deal with and, and confront and love and embrace and whatever kind of growth I, I get to do spiritual, um, you know, healing that I get to do. And it's, it's, it's always, you know, ongoing. We're always, uh, whatever level that we're at, it's going to take courage. It's going to take heart to be able to break through to the next level. And I think it's, it's interesting because, a lot of spiritual people, especially were like creating that it's easy. We're creating that, you know, life is, we want to create ease all the time. And it's like, well, if you are challenging yourself, if you're stretching, if you're, if you're going into new zones, then that can't necessarily be the priority. If you really want to be your greatest possible self, it's like, you can, you can create more of that. Like, yes, please. More ease, more instant, you know, manifestation, abundance, transformation. Yes, please. And, uh, to, to make that a, um, what's the word, a, a, a requirement to be able to go on the venture, go on the, the voyage, then you're missing the point. At what point is it an adventure? If it's easy, it's not an adventure. We're not going to enjoy a fulfilling life if it's simply comfortable. Do you remember the beginning of the movie, The Hobbit, where where he says, you've been too comfortable in your little hobbit hole for too long. So it was time for him to go on adventure. What if Bilbo had stayed in the hobbit hole and he never got to, I mean, he could have, but what if he never experienced that? Mm. His life would never have been fully fulfilled. He would have been comfortable, but that's all. Is the dimensions of who he was would not have ever expanded to mm. fill the space of growth. And growth, just like when you exercise, your muscles will ache when they grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to be working on my upper body strength. I noticed that when I was trying to drill holes to hang curtains a few days ago. <laughs> my, my muscles were aching. I don't use those often enough. But when we get stronger, our muscles ache and it's hard and it's difficult and it makes us weary. But that's how we get better as human beings. And it's how we inspire other people. The most inspiring stories are the people who struggled, not the people who stayed comfortable. How many of us are inspired by people who are just comfortable? Oh, yeah. I'm so inspired by that. And they just sit in their armchair all day long. (laughs) You know, I mean, nobody's, nobody's, nobody's blown away by that. But the people whose stories of like um, my friend Paige Schnedeker, who is completely dependent on a breathing machine. She is mostly blind, mostly deaf, yet she paints with her mouth and she writes books. That's inspiring. Overcoming the things that are difficult in life to become what nobody ever expected. 
Mm. That's inspiring. Mm. So when we say to ourselves, oh, it's difficult. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. That means it's worth doing. Yeah, I love this. And uh, I also wanted to say, you know, this this show, this 12-hour marathon, our podcast episodes, this interview, Tina, is gold. So much inspiration. And people can subscribe to the podcast. Definitely do that. And to your podcast as well because you're putting out great, inspiring messages. So Flourish Mint, right? That's where they can find that podcast and stay tuned to that. Definitely go subscribe to Tina's because, like, we're just scratching the surface of what Tina gets into in these epic conversations that she has. You know, it's so cool to to kind of go visit other people's uh, like lands, you know, like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing over here in, in Tina Yeager realm and flourishment realm? Oh, cool. Come over to GPS realm. And you know, it's, it's just such a blast that we can get the information. We can get the wisdom. They can, we can get the personality that we most align with and resonate with and the values. And, you know, someone could have found my show through so- another guest and they're on here today. They're listening right now. And they say, wow, Tina, like I so resonate with your story. Story. Like I want to write books. I want to, I want to grow myself and like, Chris, you're awesome. And you're a dude and I'm a woman. So I just, so no, no offense. <laughs> Tina, right. I vibe with you more. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. can't get too many encouragers in our lives, can we? Amen. It's good to have more than one. So mm. we all need each other. Mm. It's very, very important to be collaborative in our efforts. And I think that makes us so much richer when you meet people that are like you or people that are very different from you. You can grow from those relationships. That's how we expand and grow. Iron sharpens iron. We need those connections, those people that are going to keep us stretching and moving in the upward directions that we need to move. We're not meant to be on this life alone. This is not a solo journey. This is not an expedition for one person. It is all of us together as a team making the world a better place. I love it. I love it, Tina. It's it's beautiful. And I wanted to circle back around to something you said earlier about like it takes courage. And one thing that popped into my mind is a, a quick video I saw of Grant Cardone. And whether you love him or hate him, he's he's achieved some really incredible things in the world. And uh, he said like what it what it's taken him to get to where he is is courage is massive courage, like every day showing up with courage. And it's like a muscle, like you said, like really exercising that willingness to to go into the fire, to go into the cave that you fear to enter, to face that dragon, you know? And, and I think that having the support, having the environment, whether that's the podcast in your ears environment, the physical environment, you get to the con- the conference, you listen to Facebook or watch Facebook live videos, whatever it is, it's like surrounding ourselves with that inspiration, that environment of constant uh, empowerment and encouragement to take the next step is essential. And we need to understand that courage is not the absence of fear. Mm. So if you're afraid, that doesn't mean you can't still have courage. In most really great stories of heroes, the hero has fear, but they do it anyway. Mm. They do it anyway because it's the right thing to do, and they do it with all their heart. That is where the courage comes from. It's doing the right thing from your heart, even if you're afraid. Mm. So having courage means summoning that from your spirit and saying, I'm going to do this. Even if I have to take that first step when I'm afraid, because I was afraid when I wrote the beautiful warrior book, mm. I had never written anything quite that transparent before. I'd written novels. I'd written nonfiction. I'd written devotionals and those were easy. But when you write your own story, that's not as easy. 
It's being very vulnerable and having to look at your own story and try to edit it was really hard. So that's a different kind of journey. When you're going to be authentic, you need to have courage. But that's where the magic happens with people. Mm. When they know you're real, when they know you've been there, that's when they'll listen to you. Mm. That's when they know they can get there too. If you just come as an expert, it doesn't mean as much. Mm. But when you come as someone who's on that journey too, who's just one step ahead of you, then they say, you know what? Maybe I can trust you. Mm. Maybe you understand me. What what would you say is something that you haven't yet accomplished with your writing in your books and maybe getting a specific message out or a specific type of message out that you want to achieve in the coming years? Mm. I would say maybe just reaching further, mm. being able to reach more people and get out there further. Because I know there's more people that I haven't reached yeah. yet yeah. that could use some encouragement and some some words of truth to really just bless their lives and help them feel like now I understand where I can go next. Mm. Just a little tip in the right direction or enough encouragement for them to take the next step. So I would love that. I would love the opportunity to inspire more people. It's mm. amazing. Beautiful. Uh, I want to dive back into self image and self esteem and what we can really do to grow our self-esteem, what might be holding us back in that area? Is there anything else you can give us tips on? I think shame is a big issue Mm -hmm. today. We see a lot of images on Pinterest and on other, even Facebook, we see people being perfect Mm -hmm. with their masks on. Um, (laughs) Even when we see each other in person and you say, how you doing? Was what is the four-letter word answer that everybody gives? Fine. Fine. Well, that's not really (laughs) authentic. Not everybody is fine, and sometimes you're tired, and sometimes you're struggling, and sometimes you're overwhelmed. Mm. Uh, What if we were just real about that? Then maybe there wouldn't be quite so much shame. Mm. Um, And shame comes from all kinds of different places, not just from comparing ourselves to unrealistic images in the media, but sometimes shame comes from the past. Mm. Sometimes it comes from people around us trying to put us down because they believe that they can only get power by putting other people down. Hmm. And um, there are people who are because of their own warped perspective, they have their issues are like cataracts in their eyes. They can't see you. All they can see are their own issues. So when they're trying to evaluate you and they give you shame messages, they're not seeing you clearly in the first place. So recognizing those messages of shame that often we internalize and we start to speak to ourselves. Mm. really listen to that that holds us back more often than we realize if you were to just kind of record on a daily basis how many negative things you say to yourself in your head well that was stupid I always do such and such Mm. why do I have to always be so clumsy Mm. you know and we usually use um always never statements yep hyperbole I'm the worst at such and such (laughs) You know, Um, and we're not, you're not the worst at anything. If you are, you should call Guinness Um, (laughs) in the book of records. You know, that that would be a positive way to frame that. But um, it's very unlikely that you are the worst at anything or that you always do anything. If you do always do something in particular, then perhaps you should also call Guinness because consistency, my goodness, if you always do something, you are hitting a consistency note that most of us cannot manage or never. I mean, never. Do you really never do such and such? So think about that. Those are lies. Those are lies. And we need to recognize that 
even if it has a little bit of truth in it, which an effective lie often has a little bit of truth. Mm. Maybe you're a little clumsy. Okay. So (laughs) how many people are a little clumsy? We're in these flesh vessels. We're not going to always be perfectly balanced. So Mm. we can do some yoga. Think about it in a solution focused way. If Mm. I'm clumsy, maybe I need to practice yoga Mm. more. So um, that could be something that you look at differently. Take your shame messages that you, you got to identify them so you can make them talk to the hand. Because once you mm. hear them, you need to be willing to refute them with the truth. Mm. I am not always clumsy. I am not always stupid. I mean, there are people who are impaired in their cognition that are not always stupid. So you are not always stupid, especially if you're running all, on all c- cylinders. You're not all stupid. Mm. You have intelligence. Appreciate the brain that you have. Say, where am I intelligent? I might not be the top math student at the local university, but that doesn't mean I'm always stupid. Mm -hmm. It means that I am more prolific with words Mm -hmm. or I am better with relationships Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm artistic with food instead. Praise yourself for what you're good at. Change those shame messages into truth messages about who you are and what is great and unique about you. Yes. And be willing to use that to bless people. If you're a good cook, then you don't need to be worried about whether or not you're the best mathematician. Right. Oh my gosh. I love it. It's like people are focused on what they don't have rather than what they do have, the gifts that they were blessed with. You know, we simply look at, Hey, what, what do I enjoy? What, what is fun for me? What am I interested in? What am I curious about? What am I passionate about? What am I good at? And look for those gifts, like focus on that. Be grateful that there's, there's something there that you can kind of lean into that you can say, ah, at least I got this. I'm grateful. I got this. I appreciate this. Yeah. And if we're focused on the negatives, it will diminish our potential. Mm. Because if yeah. we're thinking negative thoughts about ourselves, we're not going to rise to fulfill our potential mm. in the best yeah. things that we are. It will hold us back. It will handicap us. So we're often, as human beings, shooting ourselves in the proverbial foot. Mm-hmm. The things that we say to ourselves, our voice over ourselves and over our lives is a very powerful voice. Yes. Speak truth and speak life into your own life. Mm -hmm. Then you'll be able to speak life into the lives of other people around you. And you'll be an impact for blessing to people. You matter to yourself and you matter to everyone else that that power that you're nurturing within you is going to spill out into the lives of the other people around you. Hmm. Well, I'm curious, what's your perspective, Tina, on having positive thinking, positive affirmations, but doing it to just cover up um, something that we we don't like? Or like I talked to Amber earlier today talking about our shadow, you know, like this this aspect of us that uh, is like dark and we're afraid of it and it makes us uncomfortable and it scares us. Um, but simply just affirming things, does that, is that enough? Is that, is that enough to, to kind of defeat that? Or how can we wield both the light and the dark in your perspective? I think you need to expose whatever's dark within you so that it can have light in it. Anything that is within us that is darkness, if you keep it dark and you keep it secret, that doesn't mean you need to overshare with everybody, but you need to be willing to acknowledge it enough to be authentic about who you are. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. For example, the fact that I struggled with an eating disorder. I'm not going to tell you every detail about that because that's yeah. going to bore everybody and nobody, everybody doesn't need to know that. Right. But maybe somebody out there needs to know that there's hope mm. for people who've had an eating disorder. So being authentic about that and saying, you know, this is where I was or this is what I still struggle with, but I'm working on it. Not covering it up and pretending nothing's there with an affirmation that isn't true. But if you're not there yet and you're still struggling with it, being willing to say that it's there and not just say, yeah, it's there and that's where it is and that's where it's always going to be either. Mm. You want Mm. want to say, I'm becoming healthy in my body image. Not I'm there because I'm not there yet, Mm. but I'm growing in that area would be true. And that's positive without being fake. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So what I'm what I'm also hearing the way I would word it is like this area of my life is not working, <laughs> not working how I want it to. Doesn't doesn't produce the results. I'm not fulfilled how things are. Um, but that's not permanent, and it's not staying stuck there. How can I how can I transform things? How can I change things to to take the next step to get to where I want to be? What is it? Is it starting to meal prep? Is it starting to go to the gym? Is it, um, you know, having accountability, hiring a coach? Is it going to an event, building more community, getting out of, uh, you know, my own way, so to speak? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we don't cover up the darkness because then it stays dark, Mm. but you need to make sure that you're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not, not ignoring it. Uh, another analogy I heard was like beach balls. Like people have these beach balls that they're trying to keep underwater and like a, a beach ball will come up as in like a, a, a memory, a shame, a guilt, something happened from the past and you try to stuff it back down. It's like, okay, cool. You're, you're keeping the beach ball down, keeping it down. And then another beach ball pops up and you're like, oh, gotta get that one too. And now you got two hands keeping down the beach balls. And then another one pops up and you're like, uh-oh, and you use two, like you cover two beach balls with one arm. You try to get that one. And all of a sudden, the it gets out of hand because you can't just keep shoving things back down. You have to deal with them uh, and and release them somehow in a healthy way. That's why addicts will often call themselves recovering addicts mm. because yeah. it's still a trigger for them, and they need to acknowledge that you know if they're not careful, they can still go there. Mm. But I'm in recovery means mm. I'm acknowledging what happened to me, but wow. I'm not staying there. And I'm not being fake about it because another addict may need to know that there's hope that you can be in recovery too. Hmm. That's, that's interesting. Cause like I always, for me, that was, that was something that came up for me. It's like, okay, well, why would you keep sharing that? Like you're an addict if, if you've graduated past that, but now it makes sense that, Hey, it's acknowledging that I used to be that way. And it's uh, something that I manage. And I know is if I, if I let, let out of my sights or ignore or shut or shove down and pretend like it wasn't a part of my journey. Number one, it could sneak up on me and attack me and overtake me like that. I didn't, I wasn't ready for it, you know, because I wasn't, I wasn't in the state of mind. Like, Hey, this is something I've dealt with and here's what I do to manage it. It's like, Oh no, it doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Well, is that true? And I also love number two, what you said about, it's also a opportunity for other people who might be going through a similar situation, um, to have hope to give them hope. Even if you were to say I'm a recovered addict Mm. or recovered alcoholic, it still acknowledges that that's a part of your past and it's a beautiful part of your story Yeah, Mm. because it shows you overcame something that's 
really, really difficult. That's a heroic thing to overcome something that was a compulsion or an addiction and to maintain that. That's very difficult. So we can celebrate that with the people who are recovered or recovering, that they're taking those difficult, challenging steps, stepping outside of what they've always known and where they've always been into a place that's hard. But that's totally worth it because it's a new life. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Um, you, I, I mentioned in your intro, you've won how many awards? 30 plus? Yeah, 30. <laughs> 30? That's yeah. incredible. What What would you say uh, were the the reasons why? How, how did you achieve that level of, of success and getting acknowledged and, um, you know, all these awards? How what, what was it about you that got those awards? And can you share a little bit more about what the awards were for? They were all for unpublished works. So they're all part of that journey toward publication. Mm. And one of the most important things, there's two things that I would say were important toward award winning, which basically award winning just helps with the book proposal when you're trying to get published. Mm. It helps with the sales of a book. If you have a published book that wins an award and the acknowledgement of the word is also affirming and it helps you get challenged to enter in new genres. So I would try a contest that had a genre, like say this last contest had a uh, children's chapter book genre. And I hadn't tried to write that before. I just kind of wanted to see if I could. Wow. And so it was challenging me and helping me stretch and grow in, in genres I hadn't written in before. And so that was one reason, but also it makes you get out there and submit Submitting things to contests, submitting things to editors and agents is really scary. Mm. But if you have a deadline for a contest, it'll make you submit. And if you get an award, it can help give you confidence in submitting it to that next level for the editor or the publisher. Mm. So at first, I was just learning Mm -hmm. the craft by going to conferences and workshops. I've been to lots of conferences and workshops. I couldn't even tell you how many, probably over 20. Um, But you learn so much craft from studying other writers and from being in those workshop classes. And then from teaching, you learn what you teach. So the Mm. more you teach, the more you learn. And um, so that is an important part of that process to learn and then to submit things for publication and to get through that process of, of being afraid of rejection because rejection is part of writing. It's a very important part to embrace and it's a very difficult part to embrace. Stephen King uh, in his book on writing talks about the big nail, the railroad spike sized nail that he had in the wall that he would stick all of his rejection letters on and he just stacked them up till it filled the whole nail. Wow. Imagine people rejecting Stephen King, but he had plenty of them. And many writers will say that you're not a real writer until you've had a certain number of rejections. So if you're getting rejections right now and you're a writer, feel like you're in good company. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) Because you have to keep trying until you get that first acceptance. Yeah. That's great. And I know um, you, you've gone through some experience of like getting your book published and things like that. Can you give us any wisdom about finding someone who really is aligned with you and your work and, and the message that you want to get out in the world? I would say the first thing that you need to do if you're working on getting published through a traditional publisher is hire an editor. Hmm. It's very 
important to get your manuscript edited before you submit it to a publisher. I had an amazing, even Marie Everson is an amazing editor for my book. And because it was so personal, it was like editing like this. It's very hard to do that. So I needed some help with that. Um, and she did a tremendous job. And then it went on to the publisher. And I had such a great experience with New Hope. Um, Ramona Richards was an amazing editor on top of Eva's work. She did a tremendous job. So look for a publisher that if you look through their books, they have edited well in mm. their books. Also look at the covers of the books. That's a very important thing. If the publisher that you're interested in is not spending time and money to make covers look decent so mm. they can sell, you're going to be in trouble when you try to sell that book mm. because it's going to be up to you as a writer to do most of those sales. Mm. Uh, the publisher's not going to do everything for you. Mm. They'll do the editing, they'll do the book cover, but they're not going to get out there and, you know, hawk those books for you. You're going to have to do that. So if you get a book that you can't sell because it's badly edited and the cover doesn't look good, you're going to be in trouble. So pay attention to those details mm. and make sure that your editors know your genre when you're hiring an editor, that they mm. are familiar with. If you're a young adult writer, make sure they know about teenagers. Mm. If you're a nonfiction writer, make sure they know about the type of nonfiction that you're working on a little bit. So they're familiar with it and they can do a little bit of that macro editing where they're judging whether the content flows and makes sense. If they don't know anything about what you're, you know, your nonfiction that you're writing about, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard for them to tell you whether it's making sense or not. Right. And it's like the editing people, I think the first thing that comes to mind is, are all the typos out? It's like, okay, well, that's, that's level one, you know, first grader editing. But then there's also, hey, is this going to be a work that delivers my intention, my vision for this message? And I think that's what a real editor can help someone bring out. Yeah. And they can make sure that your voice comes through. Mm. Your editor should maintain your mm. voice, yeah. but still make it have a better impact that it would have had if it was raw. Yeah. So making sure that they look at that paragraph and they say, you know what, this sentence mm. actually delivers a big punch at the end of the paragraph instead of the one you had there. You're like, oh, yeah, you're right. So editors can really make your work shine, but they shouldn't make it so you don't shine at all. Mm. But it's their voice instead of yours. Mm. So pay attention to that as well. If you read the books that they've already edited and put out, you'll be able to tell whether it's a good fit. Yeah. And as writers, we should be reading anyway. That's how we get better as writers. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So uh, writing has been such a huge part of your journey, Tina, and being able to communicate, share one's message. I mean, you're, you're doing it all kinds of ways, podcasting, uh, you know, writing, you're communicating with your uh, clients and helping them to, you know, step into their greatest possible selves in that way. Uh, so it really, it's really beautiful what you're doing and how you're doing it. And I want to encourage our audience to take those next steps with you and give them uh, that, that uh, how they can stay connected, how they can continue to, their journey. Um, if there's anything that they can do to work with you one-on-one -on -one or in a group, let's tell them how they can do that too. If you go to tinayeager.com, pretty simple URL. There's no www. It's just HTTPS, tinayeager.com. You can find all about my speaking opportunities. I am looking to build out that calendar. So I love speaking to audiences. The more people that I can encourage, the more energizing it is for me. And I also do one-on-one -on -one Skype centered life coaching. 
So they can look at booking those kinds of opportunities, or they can look for the Flourishment podcast and the link is there on my site. There are also blog posts that have some life coaching tips and life optimization messages available for them to read for free. Amazing. Amazing. So incredible. So everyone definitely stay connected with Tina. Send her an email, Tina at TinaYeager.com. Go to her website, TinaYeager.com and subscribe to her podcast, Flourishment. And Tina, we're in the minute to win it, the encouragement, inspiration, and uh, the, the heartfelt message that someone really needs to hear on the other end of this podcast and uh, might be going through a tough time. They might be seeking, searching, looking for clarity, committed to stepping into their greatest possible self. Uh, what do they need to hear, Tina? You are valuable. You're worthy of love and in a unique and amazing way, you have the potential to change the lives of more people than you realize. If you will just take that step Encourage, not because you have no fear and no depression and no lowness in your life, but in spite of it, just take that one step and reach out to somebody who can lift you up from the place that you're in right now and help you get to the level where you can reach your fullest self. You will see that this is a moment. This low point is a moment in a hero's journey, and you need to get past this moment to become the hero you were destined to be. Because other people's lives depend on your optimization and your fulfillment of your life. Mm. 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 Juicy. Tina, I love it. I love it. You're a superstar. I love what you're doing in the world. Love who you're being in the world. And I really appreciate you. Uh, this amazing conversation. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited and I can't wait to meet your listeners. If they want to get the book, they can subscribe to my website and they can get a free chapter so they can check it out already and see if they like it. Awesome. Awesome. Everyone go get that chapter. Go check it out and uh, check out Tina's other works too. There's so much great stuff that you're doing, Tina. So I really appreciate you being here and have an amazing rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. You do the same. Thanks. We'll see you soon. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life? What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, Tap into your flow and take massive action. 
head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.